1: is Casey Ship?
0: What's up? I'm here with Ashley Frost. She's two-time bikini champ with the WBFF and let's see, she's from South Africa and now what's funny as shit is that she lives in Alabama and the stories, I'm actually going to make her tell the no. story that I have to because my my people will just really love, they'll fall in love with you if they can hear this story Um because it's what made me like, I don't know, there was something about this story. I just was like, dude. I like her. I like her. And it's so cute and it's funny. But really, today we have some questions we're going to go over, some things that people sent us that they wanted us to go over. But then we're just going to talk about a few things. It's like real shit. Like we were just talking about our following and the pain in the ass about the damn Instagram. Because Ashley and I both, like, we depend on social media for advertising and marketing. So a lot of our followers, they do the same thing. So we'll go over everything. And if we missed out, then y'all can email me and we'll have another podcast with Ashley. So cool. Thank you for, first of all, because I know your ass is busy for talking to me.
1: Thank you. Yeah, I think it's super exciting. It was very unexpected. But I'm so excited though.
0: Yeah. So last, she's like, I'm busy. I'm busy. And she's telling me what she's doing. I shit you not. Cause I, I know how you feel. Cause I was the same way. Like as a CEO of your own business, you are the manager. You're the marketer. You're the writer. You're the coach. Like she's doing everything. She's not only, she's got like a couple challenges going on. She's building her website, redoing it. Um, she's an artist. And when I say artist, I'm not just saying she can like paint a freaking horse. This bitch Can it's ungodly like we're gonna have to post your that eyeball picture that you did
1: uh, I'm so busy with it. That thing is it's just like it just doesn't want to get finished <laughs> it's like ah.
0: How long how many hours do you have in that painting or it's a painting,
1: right? It's a it's a pencil a color pencil <laughs> It's still like I still need to finish it up. But this is cool I don't know. This is a good more than 15 hours so long so far, I guess. But it's also I'm kind of working on it like when I get a chance to when I'm not busy with the fitness side of things. So right.
0: That's a good yeah. though, That's a good outlet. That's important. Yeah. And that that'll be a whole nother like mental health thing. But yeah. she I'm gonna tell you guys kind of what she does, um, because you may want to work with her, but that's one thing that she does. You said you're getting into the children, like doing stuff for kids and stuff like that, their rooms, but it's mainly on the commissions for self-portraits and what else?
1: Uh, pet portraits. Actually, you know, you know, obviously people treat their fur babies like their own children as well. So it's always nice to immortalize them. Um, and it's just quite sentimental and beautiful to have it actually hand-drawn. It makes a great gift as well. I had a, um, a friend, well, a classmate of my husband's, she surprised her fiance with portraits of their puppy, because that's their baby. So it was, yeah, that's kind of how it started. <laughs> uh, and do
0: you do you frame it as do you, two or no?
1: Um, it depends if that's what they want, or I'll just send it. Like I did a 18 by 24 um, portrait commission for an older lady. She sent me a picture of her um, parents, and it was these gorgeous, uh, like 1950s black and white, you know, those portraits in the studio. Um, of her mom and one of her dad and she never had one of them at that age together so and obviously they've since long passed so she actually asked me to um, compose them together and draw it for her so that's actually in her new house and that also took a long while because of that big ass piece of paper
0: (laughs) that's so cool what about Uh, oh i got a question since you're an artist when first of all when did this come out like when did you know you were an artist
1: my mother always used to say i was always as a little girl always drawing always just drawing and building puzzles and just creative, but more like artistic creative, (laughs) crafty creative. So don't ask me to like build stuff or, you know, like- make a uh, wreath. No. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, so then I kind of had, I had art subjects and I excelled. And then when I got to high school, I could, you know, you can choose your subjects. And then I chose an art subject because art history fascinates me as well. And then um, I had accounting because I'm pretty good with numbers as well. And I was just so bored with it by the end of the ninth grade that I decided to take another art subject. So for the 10th, 11th and 12th grade, I had two art subjects on top of all my sport and on top of all my other subjects. (laughs) Um, And then without even thinking about it, you know, I mean, you turn 18 and they're like, you need to go and study, you need to get a degree so you can have a career. And I didn't even think about it. And I was like, well, okay, cool. So I guess I'll go do something artistic because I'm good at it. So then I went into um, graphic design. So I did my honors degree in graphic design. And then I think it was within my first, within the second year of working corporate, I was like, cannot do it. Nope. (laughs) 23, I quit my corporate career and uh, decided to go, you know, I'm going to work for myself in fitness.
0: (laughs) okay so this is this maybe a weird question maybe not I don't know you know I'm kind of from that metaphysical world do you ever wake up and like have this thing maybe you dreamed about or that you're seeing and like your intuition and you draw it
1: uh no okay
0: no. okay because <laughs> maybe I asked because I knew this one lady and she was an artist and I would go in her shop and I would see this p- cool picture of these men or this type of shit I was like who is that and she goes I don't know, it comes to me in my dreams. And I was like, how fucking cool would that be to make art, but it comes to you in your dreams? I don't know. I just wondered if that happened.
1: One of, um, I don't know if you've ever heard of Salvador Dali. He's obviously one of the great artists, but he was also a little bit crazy. Um, A lot of his uh, paintings, if you had to look at them, um, are just way out weird, weird. And he would... um, and it's very common from that era as well. I think it's called surrealism. They would, you know, get high on weed and whatever they had available in those times to trip out and then they would hallucinate and then they would, you know, paint what they saw. And a lot of artists do actually paint what they see in their dreams because it's just like a, yeah, that's, that's an old like way. Yeah.
0: of it. Well, you know, nowadays everybody, like, like these CEOs and these people, even like, uh, what is it? Tyson they, um, there's this psychedelic people are claiming, you know, you take the psychedelic and it brings you to enlightenment and they're all that. It's crazy. I'm like, yeah, it's all right. (laughs) Okay, cool. So you, you are open. Yes or no. Do you take commissions? I know it's probably like once every often, but you do take commissions right now? Orders?
1: I do. Yes.
0: Okay. That's awesome because holidays are coming up.
1: Yes. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Okay. So then now the nitty gritty, nitty gritty. So the fitness part. All right. So first of all, going back, were you overweight, underweight, skinny, fat? Like what was your background before you turned into Bikini
1: Chow? I am, I'm a very small person. So I'm 5'3 and was always under like 110 pounds. So very small person, um, but quite curvy. And then obviously through high school, you know, you grow up as a teenager and you go through the the social pressures and um, ended up really struggling with my eating. Um, And at the same time, around 13, 14, I was having terrible headaches, um, migraines. I was, you know, just passing out. And um, we found out that I was hyperglycemic, so I had very low blood sugar. And then I was anemic, and I had low blood pressure. So um, I was kind of just making, trying to make my way through every day. Um, And then we did the glucose test and they're like, you're hyperglycemic, you have to change your diet. Um, And that didn't kick in holistically, probably until six or seven years later, because um, in my mind, I was just like a teenage girl and you know, peer pressure and the media. So I was really sick, um, anorexic, borderline anorexic. So it wasn't clinical anorexia, but it was heading that way. Mm I would binge, you know, and then purge and all of that. So I struggled a lot with that mental, uh, that battle of, you know, if I eat, it's, you know, it's a reward, but then I'm kind puni- you know, then I would work out because I have to work it off. And so I had a very bad relationship with food. And then, so food was a reward and exercise was a punishment. So it was a very negative, you know.
0: Compensatory you know. behaviors. Totally. Yeah
1: that just like that internal dialogue became very destructive. And then um, because I'm an artistic person, they they, they say artistic people are very, <clears> t- <throat> you know, and I mean, being so young, you also don't really know how to channel a whole bunch of emotions. So I w- I became self-harming. Um, so I would cut just for, I don't, I don't even know why, it was, it was kind of just like a relief for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I kind of just, it hit me one day, like, what are you doing? You know,
0: you tell my cut, you tell my cut, like emo, cut yourself, not cut, cut, wait. Yeah, you no, know, no. She's talking yeah. about cut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay.
1: So, um, even though, I mean, you know, that whole body dysmorphia, I would, you know, look in the mirror and I was tiny. I mean, I look back on photos from now and I go, oh, you are so tiny. But, um, you know, you, you see yourself in the mirror and you just, you know, nitpick and this, you know, this and you grab. And it. so it was in a very, very bad space. Um, Whew. And then just one day, I was kind of like, what are you doing? I think I actually walked past um, a fitness magazine back home in South Africa. We have a fitness mag. And there was this, I think it was, um, I can not remember her name now. But there was this amazing, strong, fit body on this cover. And I just thought, oh, <laughs> like, yes. female body can look like that? Like, Damn. God,
0: oh. Who was it? I wonder who it was. Mine was Jamie Easton. I wonder who's your, who it was do you remember what color hair
1: she, she's actually blonde but at that time she had this jet black like short pixie cuts she was gorgeous um i don't know i think it's it's alicia something uh, it's not
0: cowan to- it's not ava cowan alicia no. hey, you go think of it
1: you gotta tell us you gotta tell us who it was okay keep going though so I bought the magazine and I think I read that thing from cover to cover and it's like something just like flipped in my mind and I was like, I don't know what this is. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'm going to do it because I want it. <laughs> yeah. So um, uh, I hadn't heard of this fitness industry or fitness shows or anything like that. So I kind of got in touch with someone that kind of looked like they knew what they were doing. And then um, I was a dancer as well. So this idea of getting on stage and performing was right up my alley. You were not a stripper. No, <laughs> <laughs> she was
0: a dancer, like an elegant, yeah, yeah,
1: American, a ballroom dancing.
0: I love it, of course, okay, and she does, you know, Ashley has this elegance about her, and she is, you wouldn't know it, but she is short, you know, you think she's tall, and models do not look their height in pictures, but she does have this elegance, and her, her accent matches that, and uh, so, wow, <clears throat> first of all, I'm not, I haven't like lurked hard on your page, but I, nothing popped out to me. Do you talk about the anorexia and, and all that?
1: Um, I have, I have, I think uh, one of my very, I haven't done a lot of IGTV. Um, I really only started it maybe a month or two ago because my social media manager was like, you need to get on that IGTV. <laughs> it's like, I know. Um, so I think my very first IGTV video is about talking about eating disorders. Um, I don't often bring it up, uh, but I always say the people that need to hear it from me will hear it because it's kind of like, when I meet people and they seek seek me out for help, um, they will usually open up on their own terms. And when they do, then I know whether um, to relate to them at their level um, and tell them my story. Um, Not everyone needs to hear that story. So it's kind of like, um, it's not something I hop on because it's um, it's part of it's a part of the foundation of why I am where I am today. But it's not like, it's not something I dwell on if that makes sense. And so yeah. I, I use my intuition if if I feel like okay, this person needs to hear that I went through this as well. So um, it is there. I think my first IGTV video was about that. So
0: okay, good. That so y'all can y'all can go check that one out. And I'm gonna have her social media links her website. I'm gonna have everything on this podcast and video. So don't worry. Okay. Um, compensatory behavior, like you're talking about is if I eat this, I'm going to go work it off or, you know, just the bad relationship with food, you know? And I always say some, some light workers and healers will say, you know, you've got an addiction, this is bad and they make you feel flawed. But in reality, I've told a lot of my anorexia clients, I said, you know what? Yeah, it's not great, but let's channel that discipline that you have and restriction into something positive, like fitness modeling. And then they heal as they go. Yeah. Um, all right so do you have fear of the scale now
1: not at all the only I actually um I run experiments myself so obviously I work with women and most women the the scale is a trigger and it's points of anxiety for them and the first thing I tell them is get rid of the scale okay if you absolutely have to once a week okay if you absolutely have to once a week but not every day And then um, I've also always gotten the, oh, you're lucky, you've always been small, you know, you don't understand, blah, 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 blah. And, um, you know, it's, I mean, it's like that post you made about the size twos and the 22s, it doesn't matter, everyone is struggling, whether it's on this side of the scale or on that side of the scale, like metaphorically
0: as well. Look, my heart goes out to anorexia and bulimia and uh, eating disorders, it is pitiful. It is such a, to me, I've watched people the mental disease and it's some of its genetics. Um, it's it's easier sometimes to come off of a hard opiate or methamphetamine. Like it is a true disorder and people don't see it that way.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. So the scale, you say, hey, only if you got to do it. Now, what you know, are some things go ahead. Is,
1: I usually like a lot of my girls will say, Oh, you know, is it too much to ask to just look like you and I'm just like Yeah, it's you know, 12 years of training for me to look like me. <laughs> but Usually what I do is I'll run experiments when I um, sometimes when I have like an intake of woman and then it's quite prevalent, you know, at least 90% of them have this anxiety over the scale. So what I do is I document my weight morning, night for like a week straight every day, twice a day. And I document it for them and I send it straight to them and I say, okay, here's the so-called body that you look at and you think, oh, wow, I want this but I'm not even the same weight in the evening as I am in the day. And like some days I fluctuate up to six pounds, you know, water retention or stress. I didn't sleep well, you know, I'm training hard. So there's that inflammation and the extra, you know, so that kind of helps them go, Oh, okay. You know, it's, you know, it's normal. Um, And there's so many factors to, to consider like your your hormones and people don't realize how much their stress and this affect their weight.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, you can
1: go out and have, a fancy lunch, and maybe try drink something or eat something that you wouldn't typically eat, and you don't realize that you might not feel any difference, but your body may react to it in a way, you know, that you or in a like a biological way that you don't realize, and you, I mean, you're heavier the next day. <laughs> like, well, okay, what? Some
0: women, some women don't even shit Ashley for four days. Let's not talk about how much yeah. weight. I mean, there's so much, and and that's what Ashley. One of her things that she does, she has a group, and I was pretty impressed with this. She has her challenge and you, do you work with one-on-one clients or no, it's more on the group.
1: I do. So okay. um, I do have my one-on-one ladies and then like, this is my first challenge that I'm running. So okay. I've done um, as a collab before, but this is like my first independent challenge. So yeah,
0: got it. And she told me that she individually like reaches out and talks to these women. That's mind blowing to me. <laughs> that's, that's crazy. Um, but anyway, okay. So there's a scale. Cause I know that's a big thing. Um, Is there what, I know it's probably more than one thing for the eating disorder, let's say fear of food or or whatever the case may be. What's the number one to three things you can give that will help that person right now that has those compensatory behaviors that helped you? How
1: how did you get through it? Um, Well, like you mentioned, you know, you have kind of a point of um, how long can you actually sustain this? And, you know, you actually just causing more damage and you're just hurting yourself um, so you can take, you know, I know um, those kind of mental disorders and the eating disorders and that I've got a lot to do with being in control because, you know, you never know people's situations, maybe, you know, things aren't going well in their life and there's just a whole bunch of emotions. It,
0: comes, it usually comes from a trauma, some early, some type, whether their dad left them or their yep. boyfriend, did, it's something.
1: So that's about taking control. So like you say, I also, also try and get them to take, channel that need for control into something, into a healthier habit. No, so um, Ooh,
0: let's yeah, example example. Let's take um, restriction. Like tell me in your early days, if you don't mind, are you comfortable talking about it? I'm saying 100%. Okay. Let's say on your bad days, if you can remember, I know one of my clients, she would eat like special cake, dry special K and like one salad, with no dressing. That was her day. So what was a bad day for you?
1: A bad Who day. I, I wouldn't eat like I just wouldn't eat. You'd go and, all day and not eat. Uh, all day without eating I would maybe have an apple um, and then you know I would get home and I would be barely be able to lift my own body weight and um, I would just collapse and then you know um, I would maybe eat something small or I would just go flat out on like a a cooked dinner that my mother would make and then just feel so terrible and then go and purge it all out
0: yeah okay (laughs) So let's say uh, getting out of that. What's one little step where they wake up the next day and there it is, they're not going to eat. But what could they channel that into maybe and have and mindset wise?
1: Um, it's a it's definitely a process. So what I usually try and help girls with that are having it, those types of you know thoughts is um, your body. You need to kind of learn to separate your body from an emotion. It's two separate entities. So. Mm-hmm. Um, You need to, you know, your body is a machine. So I would say you can't expect to put $50 of gas in your tank in LA and expect to get all the way to New York on those, that 50, 50 bucks. You know, so it's like you have to make regular pit stops and refuel. That's exactly how your body works. Your body is a machine and it functions like a machine. And most women feel like they need to, or women that struggle with the, you know, the eating they feel like they need to take control, but obviously then they take it to the extreme. But then what you need to do, what I tell them is when you, actually when you refuel regularly, you take control over your body because when you're starving, you're, you're causing trauma and you're causing stress. So then your body will eventually fight back. And that is when it starts to hold on to the weight or you know, it starts to make you sick so that you can't you know, function properly. It sends you triggers and it sends you signals that, hey, I'm not happy. So usually the point I try to get across is, you know, you need to, when you refuel, your body is happy so it's relaxed. So when it gets what it needs, just like when your your you know your car or your truck gets the gas that it needs, it runs smoothly. And you won't have issues like, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a mental thing as well. And I always, I mean, I don't like to ever drop... A girl under 1500 calories even for me that's low that's very low um, yeah but i do work with them and i know like most of them say this is so many calories when i've given them like 1800 calories and i say okay that's fine that's fine we'll start on 1500 but we're going to increase it so i let them know but i say okay we'll start slowly and i think the biggest thing is people that struggle especially women that struggle with these massive mindset things they feel so lost and overwhelmed and and just like there's despair. So they feel like, but it's the only thing I can control. But then mm-hmm. control it properly. Control it positively, not negatively. Because at the end of the day, you do only have one body to live in. And um, it serves you. I mean, I think I made a post a while ago as well that said, your body does things like it regulates all your systems. It breathes for you. Your heart beats. You're regenerating cells. You know, um, Everything that your body does without you having to instruct it to do it's that. Really right, right. Yeah, it's <clears throat> I've got goosebumps. It's absolutely incredible what your body is capable of. Mm-hmm. And you know, you're not serving it by punishing it, by starving it. This, this is a very in-depth, complex conversation. <laughs> and it I is. just know women that, that struggle with these things, um, especially someone that's been through it, you you don't you can't just say oh no, but you can't do that. That's wrong. You're just hurting yourself. You know you need to change. No shit. How do you do it? That's that's, that's yeah. the problem. <laughs> Nobody wants to tell you how to do it. I just encourage them. You know, just just try it for a week, and then it's okay. Just try it for this ne- the next week again. Or add, you know, and let me know how you feel. And I always tell my girls, you know, when I've when I've helped them a little with their nutrition, I say okay, but how do you feel? And ninety nine percent of the time, actually like hundred percent of the time, it's um. I feel amazing. I've got so much energy. Okay, do yeah. you want to feel that all the time? Yes. Then carry on. Yep, <laughs> yeah. yep. This is what you, what it feels like when your body is happy and it's it's getting what it needs because when it gets what it needs, it utilizes it and then gets rid of what it doesn't need. You know, that's where that whole energy balance comes in and, and it's like you need to you treat it's the same as people. Be, you know, treat people with respect and you'll get respect in return. Yep. So if you treat your body the right way, it will reflect. Yep.
0: And, you know, for me, because I do the emotional cause and the root thing of that, and it is the anorexia and bulimia and stuff like that, the emotional feeling that girls feel, or men, boys have it too, is that they feel so unworthy that they don't even deserve to be here. So they can't even, they can't even receive something like nourishment. So it's like, go back and what was it that caused it? What was the trigger? What caused it? And then usually like, have you done therapy for it or no, you were able to therapy yourself?
1: I have not. My mom was quite tough about it. She said, you know, kind of just get over your shit. I'm not dealing with this. And I was really struggling because, <laughs> um, my, my parents got divorced when I was six. So I think that is the root, like, you know, and I didn't have a very present father. So mm-hmm. I think obviously that's a very underlying root cause. Yeah. Uh, and he was abusive as well. So I think obviously there was a lot of that, you know, that obviously just manifested in that fear of rejection. And like, like you said, not feeling good enough and not worthy and stuff. Yeah. So, um, Absolutely. I was a very good student. I always did well at school. You know, I excelled That's you know, everything that my mother always, did. you always
0: do. Everyone I know that has an eating disorder, honey, they are top corporate bitches. They are physicians. They are, they excel in everything. The ones that have this eating, I swear. It
1: was, um, and the funny thing is it's because i did so well i was like the star child of the family um, and i'm talking like extended family as well cousins and all of that mm-hmm. and i was really struggling with this and i couldn't and i didn't know why obviously and, you know when you're young you don't you don't realize only in hindsight you realize i think you know like i said that's probably the root cause of that you know not having mm-hmm. the same environment and you know not having a a father figure that kind of thing so um, when you're dealing with these emotions and you, you, like, you're not sure why you feel like you need to starve yourself or punish yourself and why you don't feel good enough, but um, because I was the star child, my mother was aware of the eating and the self-harming, um, but she kept it quiet. And then only, I think it was only two years ago, I made a post about it on my um, social media and one of my, the oldest female cousin in my family actually reached out to me and she was like, Ash, I had no idea. Um, yeah, they never do. Always, she said to me, I always used to think that you were such a bitch because in all the family gatherings, I would sit back and I was just so introverted and so to myself because mm-hmm. I just never felt. And it, it was that, you know, I'm self-preserving because I'm protecting myself from That's potential harm right. um, or Be, potential being bitch. hurt. Yeah. So. Um, and she, you know, she reached out to me and she was like, she feels awful because she never, you know, she never knew. And I said to her, no one knew because, um, I wouldn't, sleep. and like, I love my mom and I don't think it was a, a thing that she was ashamed of. It was just but kind of, you're like, so <laughs> well, and you're so beautiful and you've got everything going for you. What is your problem? Why are you dealing with this shit? Get over it. <laughs> you know, and so,
0: they don't know, you know, they don't know. And, um, that sometimes parents even try they even try and it's still not what we need to hear so yeah you can't they, yeah totally you know my thing is this the reason i'm talking about this is because people want what we have they want to be they want to be bikini champ but mm-hmm. with those highs bitch like with the highs that girl or guy has been through some valleys some deep deep ass valleys and people don't want to go through that mm-hmm. That's why it. May, that's why, to me, people that that's anywhere. I mean, Tony Robbins, you know, people like that. They've been through some shit. It's how they've gotten to that point, and it's that that you have in you that like goes and perseveres, and you're like, let me change this. So that's like why I wanted to go here with this conversation because that's inspirational. Inspirational
1: to me. If I, if I, I if I had to look back, and I think you know, I think therapy definitely would have helped me to be able to you know verbalize myself to a. Um, unbiased person and for them to be able to put those feelings into perspective for me um but now I had to claw my way out of that on my own <laughs>
0: that, same same here same here same here you know um and then most of them that I work with it's very similar so yeah okay that's some um, fucking huge nuggets for me I think a lot of women and a lot of competitors listen to this yeah and a lot of competitors I've even told one I said look because you know this about competing. If you don't have an eating disorder, baby, you gonna have one after you compete one or two times. Seriously, if you don't watch out, man, if you don't watch out, it'll creep on you.
1: Yeah, my biggest thing is um, I, don't, I, I don't prep a lot of goals. It's not my focus, but I do have goals that come to me for help. And, or I do have ladies that will train with me and then they go, oh, maybe I want to do a show. So they get some results and they start looking good and then they think maybe I want to do a show. And the first thing I ask any girl that asks me what, what do I think? My first question is, why do you want to compete? For what? What's your why? And if they can't give me a solid why, then I say, okay, you need to go and revisit your relationship with food. You need to go and revisit your relationship with the people that you love and your relationship with yourself. How confident and self-aware are you that you know this shit is hard? <laughs> like, This shit is obsessive. It's, you have it's, to be obsessed. You have com- to be obsessed. Eating is all consuming. It's about you. It's all about you. It's selfish. It's about what I'm allowed to eat, what I'm not allowed to eat. It's about arranging your entire prep around your social life or not even going out. So you start to isolate yourself and then you get fidgety and you get irritated. And then you know, you expect people to support you. Um, But not everyone understands it because not everyone, you know, wants to do that. And that's fine, each to their own. But I always say as well, don't make yourself a victim of your prep. You decided to prep, so commit to it and do it properly. But if I can pick up on a negative relationship with food, then I tell them, no, not yet. Yeah. Because you are dropping nuggets. Well. You know, I've been there as well. So it's you become obsessive and once you the first time you hit that that leanness, that stage leanness, and it's absolutely euphoric, you think, holy crap wow, look at this. And then you don't actually realize, you know, it's not sustainable. And You think that's sustainable, you know? And then after the show, you kind of, you know, have like, you, like a loose cannon because you're like, oh, I can eat whatever I want. <laughs> and then you maybe eat whatever you want for two, three days and you still look good. It hasn't caught up to you yet. So your body's kind of still readjusting. And then all of a sudden you just carry on eating and a week later, boom, 10, 15 pounds heavier.
0: Depression hits, don't want to work out.
1: Yeah, post-workout blues. I yep.
0: yeah yeah so that's what like, we we specialize that's what we do that's that's we specialize in uh rehabbing metabolisms that's yeah if you're, if you're fucked up hey we'll take you i mean because yeah. <laughs> you know ashley hey this i get this all the time and i know you feel me on this well i work with because uh, i know you obviously know what you're doing you could truly help someone And now I'm coming to you and going, well, I mean, I work with Mrs. Fitness, whatever, whatever her name, she's got muscles because they are ripped to the shreds does not mean they can get you healthy because who knows what drugs they're on. Oh my God, that drives me crazy. So many bad coaches out there, so many bad coaches.
1: Yeah, it's, yeah, it's unfortunate. I mean, the social media age that we live in is absolutely incredible and it's phenomenal what you can do with it. But you know, like everything has its, its pros and cons. So, I also say, I mean, I have girls come to me and say, what do I think? And I think, you know, I say, find yourself a coach that you can relate to and one that is concerned about your health, not whether you want to show health. And if that coach is not me, if you don't feel like you can relate to me, that's fine. But find yourself a coach (laughs) that will work with you. I've had, I cannot tell you, and it, uh, you know, I want to like punch some people in the throat, but I've had in my career, in the last six years, I've probably had about five or six girls say to me, um, they won't give me the coach's name, but you know, they did their first show and the coach gave them pills or whatever. And now they're sitting with metabolic damage, you know, who knows what they gave them. And each one of those girls, I said to him, do you know what, do you know what it was? No, I never asked them. I know those girls too. On the one side, I'm like, that is a moron and an a-hole of a coach.
0: Yeah, I, I, think, I, I think so too, that's um, abuse. Yeah.
1: I'm like, who doesn't ask someone what it is they, that, that they're taking that they're putting into their body? Like this industry is, to me, this industry um, will make or break you. Like fitness and compa- competing will make or break you. And I say no, it reveals who you really are. Because when you are tired, and you're trying to train as heavy as you can, and you're doing all that extra cardio, you're still trying to function at an acceptable like, social level at work, with you and you're a mom, and you, you know, you're a wife, and you're trying to keep the house clean, and you actually just want to focus on yourself, but you know you can't, and then you've got clients. It's, you know It gets to a point where you're like, wow, <laughs> you, know, you have yeah. to be ready to make the sacrifices and not be a victim of it. It's like... Um,
0: uh, hey! Oh, I got one. Here you go. I'll pull it out of you. I just asked Ashley. I go. All right, you got your show coming up. By the way, how many weeks out are you from the pro show? Uh,
1: Saturday will be so nine, nine and a half, just less than nine and a half weeks.
0: Okay, this is how a champ thinks. Like you have to get in the mindset where you love fish or you love chicken. You can't wait to eat your bland meal. Like you have to get in this weird. Right? How do you? How do you amp yourself up?
1: When I decide to do a show, that I love. I mean. The worst thing I've ever heard is I could never do what you do. I love food too much. Um, and okay. I think the older I get, the more like less bullshit I get because my response now is no, you, don't love food. you love junk because I I eat food. I'm gonna You, love it. <laughs> you said no, you don't. Like, I love it. Hell my, yes. that's it. That's my response now because I'm like, don't bullshit me. You don't like food. You like junk and sweets and sugar. <laughs> so for okay. me, um, when I decide to do a show, that's a goal. I know what I need to do to get to that goal. And it's not like, oh, it's this massive mountain in front of me. I literally take day by day because it's meal by meal. Okay, I need to get meal one in, done. Workout, done, post-workout, done. It's like step by step by step. I don't think about it. It, This is what I need to do. It's like, you need to go to work. You need to clock in. You've got a to-do list. This is your deadline because your boss needs this. This person needs, it's basically, I separate that from my emotions. Because I I sat here the other night, and my mother-in-law made four, four banana nut loaves. And she was baking these banana nut loaves while I was sitting there working. And I was just like, oh,
0: <laughs> you, know,
1: and then, okay. you know, she leaves them out. And then she like wraps them up in foil and puts them right in front of me and bless her heart. Chain. So she understands that I'm trying to eat healthy, but you know, not she doesn't understand to what degree, I mean, she goes, oh, yes, yogurt. Would you like some yogurt? It's healthy.
0: Bless her heart. Actually, yes, my, yeah.
1: <laughs> yes, but no. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. For me, and I know it's difficult for everyone because I, am, because I dealt with what I dealt with. I'm able to separate the emotion of, um, oh, but I really want this or I really want that because what I want currently, my, my first, my short-term goal is more important than what I want right now. Here's the thing. I know it's only temporary. I know it's only temporary that I'm going to be doing as much cardio, you know, and I I know it's only temporary that I have to be this strict and, and, you know, focused. But I also know when I'm not doing a show that I'm still very self-aware and very careful of not overdoing things. Yeah. Um, I love that. It, and it, it all starts with your mind because it's like, I know what I need to do. This is, you know, and it's, it's, it's the same as like, when you have to, when you write down a big goal for yourself and you go, okay, my goal is to, let's, let's keep it in weight loss. My goal is to lose 50 pounds. Okay, great. That's your end goal. Now you have to backtrack and work your way backwards. What do I need to do every day that I'm not currently doing that will result in that goal? And that could be the small things. And this is my the biggest thing that advocates: don't try and climb, don't try and summit the mountain in one day, because you will fail. you will set yourself up to fail. So don't try. Oh, I'm gonna cut out this, and I'm gonna stop drinking, and I'm gonna stop drinking sodas, and I'm gonna stop drink eating this, and I was,
0: I'm gonna stop coffee. People that stop
1: coffee, I'm like, the fuck! I didn't tell you to
0: stop coffee.
1: But <laughs> so mm. I, I, my girls, don't try and do everything at once because you will fail. And I'm telling you, you will fail. You will fail in my 19th show. So by now I'm robotic in, in my, you know, in my approach. And I I do understand the, the, you know, not every day, the everyday woman cannot function like that because it's, it's outside of their realm of thinking. Yeah. Because you know, one is exposed to this. So, you know, I say, okay, if you, if you know for a fact that like sodas are your biggest problem and you have four sodas a day, it down to three just just mm-hmm. one small step instead of you know instead of taking the lift take the stairs it's yep. the it's the sum of small efforts that make the big results it's not trying to do everything at once because you've all failed it's
0: and like smart,
1: or you yeah. know it's like or drug addicts you have to like wean yourself off of things like that you kind of have to taper it down mm-hmm. and the magic happens when they go because oh, most people think it's not worth it, you know, I'm already so far gone, or, you know, I'm diabetic, but it's really not worth it, because my mother w- was sick with diabetes, or what you know, and they, they kind of give into this ine- inevitability that, you know, they're doomed to fail, mm-hmm. but as soon as you start doing those tiny things every day, and then they think it might not make a big difference, but then, you know, they, oh, okay, you know, I'll stick to it, let's see, let me prove this person wrong, and tell them it didn't work, but then four weeks down the line, maybe they've lost five, ten 10 pounds, right. they go, and maybe it does work. Yeah. And then, that's um, I, if I, I can do that, maybe I can do that too. And I can cut down, on, you know, I and mean, then that kind of snuggles. And that's when the magic starts happening in their heads because they're like, yeah, I can actually do this. <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> I have people, they don't want to sign up before they go on vacation. I'm like, that's exactly when you need to sign up because it's of those things. And like, oh, I just went off the wagon. What'd you have? Tell me. A burger. Okay, that's fine. This is a person that's not supposed to eat dairy. I said, do you have cheese? She goes, no, actually, I told them no cheese. I said, awesome. So would you normally have cheese on it she goes yeah i said that's progress baby we've made some, right and the next time just take the bun off and have your french fries that's it that's what we do I, 100 okay.
1: I, I i even um my ladies that i help with the nutrition i give them a piece of dark chocolate every day every day they get a piece of dark chocolate and i i really don't care when in the day if you need sugar in the morning go for it if it's in the afternoon and some ladies will have it at night because that's when the cravings hit them and uh, this challenge now as well, I've had at least pretty much all of them are saying they actually cannot believe how much food they eat every day. And they, they just like, so many of them have said, I've been with coaches before and they were so hungry all the time. And that's why they're so scared to sign up with people because, you know, they think, you know, you're going to be eating, you walking around inhaling A and that's your calorie for <laughs> sort of the day, you know? So, <laughs>
0: You need to you need to call your challenge something like dark chocolate challenge. What do you mean? You could eat dark chocolate every day. You got you got them all. Win win. There you go. All right. So one thing, one nugget I just heard, which tons of them, the nugget is the emotional versus logic shit. Is that your government job? Meaning government workers sometimes or anybody in general, you gonna show up to work. You gotta feed the family. But some days you don't want to go to work. You gonna show up anyway and you've got the same mundane ass things. You gotta clock in, you check your mail, you do this for her. Same thing with this shit. Just show up and do it. You may not feel like it, but quit acting like a toddler. Okay, do it. So now, real quick, we'll bust these out. Um, what were the most struggling things in training, like in your training world? What has been the hardest in your 19 shows in your career, fitness,
1: training wise? Um, sure. I'm not a strong person naturally at all. Um, you know, and then it's difficult as well because sometimes you know you're working so hard and then. Um, Susie will come in off the street and she'll be training for six months and boom, she looks like freaking Terminator. She is jacked. <clears throat> and you, you know, you don't want to assume that someone is just, you know, taking something, but, or, you know, someone will walk into the gym and they're just stronger than you. And that for me was kind of like, shit, I'm not successful and I'm not doing this right because I cannot lift that heavy. And I've kind of got to the point where I actually tore a ligament in my wrist um, <laughs> because... I was doing it, I was prepping for a show, and I was so chuffed with my progress, and um, I sent my pictures to my coach, and he wasn't being, he, he, it was kind of like a reverse psychology kind of, I think, and he wasn't, he didn't say it in a mean way, he was just like, looks good, but you can do better, so he was kind of just like, you know, lighting a fire under my butt, and I was kind of like, I'll show you. <laughs> yeah. So the next week I went back and I, I did a good 20 pounds heavier on some like major lifts with that arrogance. Um, I tore a ligament to my wrist. <laughs> so um, that kind of brought me down really quick. And I was like, well, you know, maybe you shouldn't have done that because you're not capable. What are you doing? It's that heavy. You know, I was doing a bent over um, row, barbell row and it was pretty heavy, it was about 110 pounds. So like for a small person, that's, that's heavy, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So at that stage, that was more than what I weighed. So it was, um, was pretty cocky about it. And then, you know, I struggled so long with that. I still to this day have to strap, and I, there's certain exercises that I avoid completely because it just hurts. The, I, for I think about six months, I couldn't rotate my arm fully, I could get a full rotation through my wrist. Uh, so my biggest thing was, you know, not trying to compare myself to other people's abilities because some people really are just naturally strong. They are. Mm-hmm. Like some people are naturally fast. You know, you've got your <laughs> natural runners and you know, some people it's the slow switch and the fast switch muscle fibers, you know? So it's, you know, what's, yeah.
0: what's crazy I, is your legs. Your le- if y'all could <laughs> see the legs on this girl. It's weird to, say, to think you're not strong because your legs look like they could crush a
1: watermelon. My legs have taken, my legs were, this is the funny thing as well, going back to all those, you know, body issues. My legs for me for the longest time were like my biggest pain point. Uh, I would never show my legs ever, ever. <laughs> Even to this day, you have to convince me. You have to, I don't know, for me to wear a pair of shorts in the gym, you'll always see me wearing long pants. And it's just, it's Ooh. just amazing because I'm okay. comfortable, it's safe for me. But um, my legs, for me, for the longest time, were just like my biggest...
0: Were they too like, skinny? Were they too skinny or too fat? What was in your mind? What were they?
1: They were really skinny, but I think it was because I had that body dysmorphia that I would like, you know, I would squeeze... I was a young girl, so obviously, you know, like, obviously, if you're going to squeeze your legs, you're going to see cellulite. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so it was just that, like, I was just so aware and so uncomfortable. Like, if I sat a certain way, I didn't like it, you know, you... You have to get past that point of like, it's a body with flesh and, you know, it's, it's a living organism. It's going to have roles when you sit and it's going to bunch up, you know, it's, you know, that's what a body is. That's what it does. But back mm-hmm. then with that, like pursuit of perfection, um, I would just, you know, I just hated my legs and there was no logic reason for it.
0: <laughs> it's like, wow, and, there, and there, I think that's one of your best things. Well, you've got an ass on you. That's like, obviously a genetic, it's a awesome but your legs, too, are just killer.
1: Thank you. I did work, I took one year. I thought, you know what? Um, if I don't like them, maybe I should try and work on them. So for an entire year, and I wasn't working for a show or anything like that. I didn't, I didn't think I even knew. I was like, I can't even remember. Um, I made a point of doing some kind of like walking lunge or bodyweight squats, reverse lunges, um, kind of like sissy squats and stuff like that, all bodyweight between every single set of every single exercise that I did every single day. (laughs) So that may be a bit extreme, but it was, um, I mean, it definitely made a huge difference within that year. Did you, did you also increase your calories or no, you just added those exercises? I don't, I don't actually recall. I think that was when I was coming into the industry. So I was a little bit more comfortable with food. So I think, Inevitably, my calories were probably higher because I was like, hey, I'm training hard so I can actually eat because I'm training and I'm hungry, (laughs) you know? You know, uh,
0: Hattie Boydell, she's another one. She's a queen and she had a bad anorexia background and that bitch is, I mean, looks like a specimen, like an anatomy just poster. It's crazy. Uh, Okay, second question. Uh, Working on your body and being patient with your transformation. So, question, working on your body, does that resonate? Work. working on your body and being patient with your transformation, I guess, tips on that
1: process. That is, yeah, that's tough because um, we do live in like this instant gratification, you know, everything's available to you immediately. Uh, That's why I very, very, it's very important for me to also like advocate this to my woman that, you know, it's a a, a process. You didn't pick up the weights in six weeks, eight weeks, 12, you didn't even pick up the weight in six months, how long have you been battling with your weight, so, and the worst for me as well, I often get women that are like, oh, I just gave birth, you know, and I'm like, hold on, you just created a human being, you grew a human being inside of you, give yourself a little bit of, like, grace, you know, and just, you're a freaking superhero, (laughs) I have got the utmost respect for women that have had babies, and it's just, you know, I don't, I'm don't. i not a mom yet, and I, I actually said to my husband the one morning, we were so busy that morning, and I came home, and I just sat down, and I said, I do not know how women with children do this, because I have so much shit to do, and can you imagine if there was a child involved? <laughs> you you'll know what kill I'm
0: it. Ashley, you'll kill it. By then, you, you'll have a nanny, as, as good as you are at, like, you know, just getting shit done, there'll be, be no thing.
1: But, um, so... I've struggled many times with, and it's it's also because of this instant gratification where <clears throat> I'm going back to some girl pops up on the scene and, you know, you see her picture from two years ago and now she looks like, you say, like a freaking specimen and you think, how the F did she build glutes like that in two years when mine <laughs> would even, you know, and <laughs> it's like, what the hell?
0: I've, um, and I've taken shit and I've taken shit and it's still, because I guess I have low hormones, I guess. That means, and I know some girls, they take a lot of stuff. I just don't want to take all of that. But I mean, and I, I don't know. I don't get it either. Sometimes I sit there and go, what the
1: fuck? So it's difficult, but it's also like, you know, you need to take into consideration. And its it sounds so cliche, but it's so true. Everyone, everyone really is. No one else has any of the factors in the same sequence that you have them in your life, in your entire life. No one has the same trauma as you. No one even has the same Genetic structure is—you're not even close. You might get. Um, actually, it was fascinating because I had a client and she sent me her photos and she's the exact same height and the exact same weight that I was. And I showed my husband and I said, "How heavy do you think this girl is?" And he guessed higher than what it is. And I said, "She's the exact same height and the exact same weight as I am." And it was just like you. And it was like you couldn't believe. I guess that's the most similar factors you could get, but you, you, can't, you actually still even can't compare things like that because I've had a lot of trauma in my life. I've had, you know, a lot of stress in my life. And, you know, I don't, there's, it's just different, you know, and you have to just be patient and have grace with yourself. And I think the biggest thing is as woman, you know, you're always giving to other people. You, you know, you, you're giving, 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 you're serving, serving, serving. And then you are trying to kind of half, half look after yourself and you're not getting it right because your cup is empty,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, and yeah. it's like, give yourself as much patience and grace as you do your own child.
0: Right? Yes. I tell him all the time. I said, would you let little Johnny go five hours and not eat? No. Would you let little Johnny go a day and not shit? No, you'd be at the children's hospital. But yet you women act like y'all can go all day and eat a fucking goldfish and wonder why your thyroid's
1: not working. Exactly. And, and the biggest thing with that is the internal dialogue. Um, and this makes people think a lot. And I say, you know, it was quite an eye opener and I've dealt with it so much. But again, this week when my challenge started and I got ladies to send me their pictures, every single, and I've got 50 women doing this challenge. Every single one of them, every single one of these women Sent me their photos and they were like, oh, this is so disgusting. Yeah. This is awful. Like, I'm so ashamed. You know, like none of them look like athletes, but none of them look half as bad as they think they do. Right. And I said to them, I was like, thank you, but just so you know, you really don't look half as bad as you think you do, because you are your own worst critic. Yeah. Like, like
0: I appreciate like like here's the deal. I know you've had these clients too. Like, I appreciate the fact that they're self-critical enough to sign up and do something. I do appreciate that. But I also, I've had those, Ashley, God, I bet you have, where she gets up and she thinks she looks a lot better than she really does. And you're like, honey, we need to hit it, hit the macros a little harder. Like I've had both ends. And I have like,
1: actually, which is, I think even must be pretty hard to deal with as well.
0: <laughs> it's, it's fucking, it's like, a, it's, it's a dysmorphia. It's uh, a, yeah. yeah, but yeah. Uh, I wonder, you know, I appreciate that. But yeah, you're your own worst critic, but it's almost like, what's what, like, like, oh, when you send your pictures to Nate, she trains with Nate, right? What do you say? Do you, do you go, I know my hands need to come up or do you just send
1: it and let him tell you? Um, so with, with my coach, he, um, he, he asks us about what intake and sleep and stress. So I'll send him my, um, updates and I'll say sleep was great this week, averaging about six or seven hours. Uh getting the water. I used to do it, I used to say, oh, look at that cellulite, Nathan, we need to fix this. But I don't do it anymore. I send him my stats, I send him my measurements, my weight, and um, whatever else, you know, that we're working towards or working on. And there's no there's no self-bashing involved, nothing. Like, I'll look at the video and I'll go, hmm, Ashton, you, you know, I think it's maybe, okay, should these need to, your glutes need to be a bit harder for stage, but I won't verbalize it. And then, I'll watch my video again, I'll be like, hey, you actually look fucking awesome, <laughs> you know?
0: Do you but, think it's because you're mature now, because you're 19 shows and you fucking know that, you know now?
1: I mean, I'm also human and I do struggle, I do struggle some days and I think, look at this one and wow, how does she stay like this all year round and geez, I wish I had glutes like that, but I know to stop myself, okay. because very deep hole, um, I kind of swear, you know, I snap out of it because, you know, you kind of start to negate your own worth by doing things like that. And then you start thinking, oh, why this? And why, you know, but nothing ever happened from questioning. Yes. You know? <laughs> yes. Yeah. You kind of, it, it's human. I think it's innate you know, in, in our nature to go, oh, but look what she's got. And, you know, look what she's doing. Totally. And, It's a conscious decision to go, you're not serving yourself. You're not being very beneficial to your goals right now. Refocus.
0: Yeah. And I use it as a portal. I do. I'm so competitive. And uh, I told a girl today, I said, look, yeah, I mean, it's quote, not right. Don't compare yourself to the point of, you know, hurting yourself. But maybe look at it as, hey, uh, compete with it secretly. Use it as a portal to do better. You know, if you're going to have an eating disorder, let's just eat. if we can be like healthy about eating enough almonds you know just yeah transmuting it i guess okay next question um what's your advice for someone that wants to start competing in bikini and i think we kind of already touched on it so go down your guidelines what's the just
1: top advice um well i say i think my first question is why what reason what what did you see and what from that that you saw makes you want that? What do you want out of that? And then, so what is your why? Like, are you, doing, are you doing it for attention, number one? Or are you doing it because you want to challenge yourself? Or are you doing it to prove something to someone other than yourself? Or career? Or career. The thing is, I think it's also very um, deceptive, social media, because, you know, I, I talk about being a fitness competitor. hobby. It's, a, it's an expensive hobby. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's a hard unless you really are in that one percent of competitors that have the endorsements and you know we're just in the right place at the right time and also have built their you know we're, sorry my phone rang <laughs> I got you um, unless you are really at that one percent you're not going to make a living out of being a competitor it's 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 a part it's a part of the industry it's a part of a career it's not a career. Um, so the career thing is a kind of, that's why, you know, I have had a few girls say to me, you know, is it a sustainable career? And I tell them it's not a career, it's a hobby. It feeds your career, it helps, yeah, but it's not not an independent thing, you know, as I'm not, my my job title is not fitness competitor. It's Mm -hmm. part of what I do.
0: You know, even uh, I've had a a friend, friend is uh, Miss Olympia, like three-time Miss Olympia. And she goes, oh my God, girl, when I was doing that, I think the max that she made from metrics was like 2,500 a month. And now if you factor that down back in the day, you know, you know what that was like flying everywhere, signing here, signing all the fitness things. You factor it out. It's basically like $4 an hour. You're writing for magazines plus your clients. It's like, that's as much as Miss Olympia was getting paid. Yeah. That's it. Now, magazines, I had to pay a photographer and then uh, part of whatever they do, you know, they don't charge you for what they submit, but I've never even been paid for being in a magazine. So money-wise, what have ben. you made? Right? Right? So, but, and I even asked the guy, I'm like, bro, so how do you get this? He goes, all right, the girls that are getting this deal, uh, typically like they're working for domitize they're paid by domitize domitize pays a lot of ad space and spend for that mag So that it's political but you need to be with that whatever but there's no money she's making no money the photographer makes the money the mag and the Damatize. she makes none she gets her magazine pictures she can use it for marketing but now she's got to be a good business girl it's like being a dentist hey i want to go be a dentist because they make bank no they don't you got to be a smart business person have a fucking practice and people yep. your, your associates
1: yep yeah i think it's like um, I got so back home, as far as I know how it works, I shot with a photographer and then he submits to a lot of magazines and then he eventually submitted to the fitness mag back home and um, the editor was like, "We, you know, contacted me, said, they need my picture. Great, great, great. But as far as I know, because I've spoken to lots of people and your sponsor who runs ad space in the magazines will pay the magazine to have the athlete on the cover, yep, then, nine times out of ten, the photographer gets paid for that image again from the magazine or the sponsor, so the photographer gets paid twice from the model and from magazine or sponsor, you know organizing the cover deal it doesn't always work like that my cover um, my cover was kind of like I'd, I'd won my first pro title and then I placed fourth worlds um, four months later, so. I, I kind of just came and you know did the country proud and then I had obviously a relationship with people in the industry and then they were like we're putting you on the cover and I was like cool you know so that was that was very nice that was it that was based on merit I think and then you know just kind of paying my dues in the industry and just carrying mm-hmm. on um but it doesn't always work like that
0: mm-hmm. so
1: um yeah it's and funny. to sponsors
0: sponsors have you gotten hit <laughs> up by sponsors
1: I've been with sponsors before and I've only ever had one sponsor that was really invested. That was like, we'll pay for your entry and we'll pay for your flight. And that was great. And that was, um, that, but he was a very smart businessman and he was like, I'm investing in you because you are bringing people to my brand. Whereas a lot of sponsors don't do that. They were like, Oh, you know, we'll pay you. We'll send you free supplements. Or I actually gave up the sponsor earlier this year because it just wasn't serving me because oh. there's there's these posting requirements, nothing against the company or the product. Um, it just wasn't serving my goals because I post so many times a week and, you know, um, the return just wasn't worth it for me. And it's like, it's great to get free stuff, but your free stuff doesn't pay my bills.
0: No. And then the money you can make by being your own brand, you can buy whatever the fuck you know you want.
1: Exactly. And it's also, um, it's less stressful to be very honest. I mean, I would love to have that's worth it for both parties you know, it's beneficial on both sides. But um, at this point, it's not um, because I've been with, I've been with two large supplement companies and it's at the end of the day, you know, you are still just a number to most of them because they've got hundreds of people and then they've got the huge names that obviously get most of the exposure. So it's just, it's great to have it. Um, and it served well when I had it. Um, but it's not like an end goal for me to have a supplement sponsor. If there was more of a, a long-term, you know, business contract, and there was like, uh, you know, collaboration where it was more in-depth that you know served both parties, sure we can talk. But it's also, I think a lot of people get too wrapped up in this. Oh, I'm going to be a fitness model and then I can get this paid and get all these sponsors. And nine times out of ten, they're just going to send you free stuff and ask you to post their product everywhere and just yep. leverage of your hard-earned following (laughs) and then and then they say you know it has to be your stuff has to be used so many times or you know you have to hit this target but it's also like you can't control the market if the economy is i can't control whether people are spending money on luxury products because they're probably not
0: (laughs) what what um real quick what what caused you to compete What, what was your why
1: um initially i was just um found out about the industry and because I had stopped my dancing and I found out about this and I was like, Oh, this is very cool. I didn't know this existed. So I was like something new, let's try it. And then, um, it was a great experience. And then I did two other shows after that. And obviously I'm naturally competitive as well. So it kind of just was like, I really enjoy this. I love being up on stage and I love, you know, the prep and the challenge and practicing my discipline. And it was also in that phase of coming out of the eating issues so it was a good way for me to channel and stay in control of that without feeling overwhelmed of like okay you're not starving yourself but you're also not overdoing it right so um what what federation was your first show it was it was like a local almost like a beauty pageant fitness show so it wasn't affiliated and then i actually did back home um my first like affiliated federation was IFBB.
0: yeah yeah that's what you do okay
1: so
0: Um, oh oh Drop that nugget for the girl wanting to know about competing. Like, how should she look out and scout out federations?
1: Oh, that's interesting because there's so many. So you kind of have to sift through. Look, people say anyone can compete, and I don't believe that because there are certain. Not everyone just not everyone has the genetics to do that. I mean, I had an IFBB pro say to me, "Oh, why don't you try NPC?" And I said straight to him because I don't have an NPC body, and he said, "No, you don't." So it's like, so then why ask me? I'm so I know it's fine. I'm aware of it and I'm fine with it because um, I'll just stay in my lane. <laughs> you You're
0: know? models,
1: um, you know. I actually Ooh. did IFBB and then I did two other federations before I did WBFF as well. So I jumped around to see where I fit best. Okay. Um, okay. And that's not, I don't think that's being like funny or iffy about it because go, you know, go where you celebrate it. And if your look is what they want, then why would you go anywhere else? it's difficult as well because it's like people think oh you have to be IFBB or you have to be this until you're a pro in a federation you're not obliged to them in any way is my belief Mm -hmm. because you know you could be I'm going to do IFBB 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 or whatever it is and then you just never place and it's probably just because your genetics don't suit the criteria and it's not necessarily because you know you're not good enough it's just the plain fact of maybe your genetics just do not suit their criteria you go to another federation,
0: and maybe you win. That's that WBFF, for me, I looked at girls, uh, the magazine people, and the, the people I was like, wow. And I'm like, damn, she's a WBFF, WBFF, WBFF? Okay, let me try that. And that's what Allison just said. She goes, you guys aren't bodybuilders. Y'all are models.
1: And the thing is, yes, the thing, and I'll openly admit it as well, when I won my pro titles, I wasn't the leanest girl on stage.
0: I, was not- I, wasn't, the, I wasn't the hardest, leanest one either. I was so tiny, I look back and go, Ugh. but
1: <laughs> But... When I when I decided to go back and do that smaller <clears> pro, <program, throat> I had one. I turned pro in SA in 2013, and then um, I, I, then I started to get kind of really competitive, and then I started to fall in that. Oh, she's competing, she's competing, she's competing, and I started to be like, I'm gonna beat her, and I'm gonna be. And for 2013 and 2014, I did worlds with oh. a completely wrong attitude, and I didn't even place top ten. I oh. prepared to do two world championships after I turned pro, and I went <laughs> because I was approaching it with a bad attitude. Like, yeah, like a bit. Yeah. I'm just gonna win this. And, and um, not to be, not that I was cocky, I was just like, you know, you have to win this. And my reason had changed. I was doing it to prove something. I wasn't doing it because I loved it. Yeah. Um, and then I just was like, hold on, woo. And then um, I came back 2014 and I said, you know what? I think I want to do a smaller pro show um, just to kind of reset myself, you know, try something smaller. And um, I got a stylist. I changed my hair color. You know, I made sure everything I could control was. I made sure my bikini was waxed. I spent hours, you know, practicing and fine tuning my my posing. I made sure my end of the bargain was met. Yeah. And um, it was funny because at that at the Montreal Pro Show, which is now the LA Pro Show. Um, I was, for whatever reason, I was first on stage. We were, I think, 20, between 25 and 30 girls at that show, pros. And I was the first one on stage. So I had to, like, you know, sometimes when, you know, they come, you know, when you're judging a show and the girls come and you think, you know, there's always a clear winner. And I was the first one on stage. So you don't know what's coming next. And it was such a huge compliment because I knew for a fact that I had done everything I could and my reason for doing it, I had, like, in love with the process again more so than just the all of winning and i had such a great time leading up to the show that i actually really wasn't even concerned about whether i was going to win or not and i stepped out on stage had the best time and the feedback that i got from paul was you stepped out on that stage and my first thought was okay he's second (laughs) and i was and it was such a nice compliment because my, you know, my intentions and my feelings, my emotions were in line with who I was and what I loved to do. So my, my reason for doing it was more in alignment and it wasn't about the other people. It wasn't about you're more secure. Yeah. It's about me and, you know, just being comfortable and happy with the effort and the you know, dedication that I put in for myself to prove myself. You know what? you know, you approached this all wrong the previous time. <laughs> Let's try this again. <laughs> I love it.
0: Okay, that that's awesome. And the quick story uh, that cracked me up about Alabama. All right, she said that she was, so she married a guy named Bo. Bo is, uh, is he, did he finish his residency? Is he done with school? Is he, a, he's a PA? No, he's
1: currently in PA school and he's PA doing admissions okay. now, so...
0: Okay, so that's her husband. He's born and raised in Alabama, right? (laughs) Okay, so here she comes, this elegant South Africa beauty. And he, wait, was he married before or something? You gotta tell the the part where you come up and he hangs out of the tree, the little boy hangs out of the tree.
1: (laughs) So we were actually both married before. Um, So we'd both been through divorce and uh, mine was relatively fresh. So I have my Facebook profile and then I have my athlete page and it only came out later, (laughs) but I have to put it in the beginning because it's hilarious. Um, he had found my athlete page for whatever reason, I think because he also followed quite a a lot of fitness people. So obviously, you know, Facebook suggested, you know, following this page and he had found my athlete page and he apparently was just like, wow. (laughs) Um, Not a word from him. He found it in the December of 2016. And that was the month that my divorce was finalized. So, you know, totally oblivious to this. And then um, he friended... I saw him a couple of months later. I saw this name pop up on my Facebook, liking some of my pictures. And I thought, that's a very interesting name. I've never seen that name before, but didn't really think much about it. Um, Because at this stage, I was also kind of like, I'm so done with men. (laughs) Like... Trying to, you know rebuild my life and and just focus on you know getting you know just getting back up on my feet and stuff like that and healing and i think it was may may then that next year he friended me and i was like okay cool whatever except didn't go look at his profile i was just like i'm not interested but you know enjoy the show yeah <laughs> so i just, it was kind of just like whatever and then a month later i got this inbox but I keeps you <laughs> I kept seeing his name on liking my post and I was just like, hmm. you know, it was just something like in my spirit. I was like, there's something, there's something here, but I, I never went to go and look at his profile. Cause I was just like, I am just not interested in anything or anyone. And he sent me, um, I was posting a whole lot of scriptural and motivational stuff. And he sent me a, a, a DM a month after he friended me and he was just like, I really um, like what you post. And I said to him, great, I'm glad. (laughs) Good for you. You know, quite quite a bit about it. I wasn't rude, but I was just like, awesome. (laughs) And um, we chatted very briefly. And it was just like, oh, you're in South Africa. And I'm like, oh, you're in America. Cool, you know, chat whenever. And then two weeks later again, he cracked a joke um, about something I had said and so I was kind of like, you know, okay. So I went to go and look at his profile and I was like, oh, hello. <laughs> 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 yeah. Sure yeah. Oh, okay, okay. But you know, it was, um, it was very sweet because he never, um, he was never, he was such a gentleman about it. He, you know, he just was, wanted, he, it's like he just wanted to talk and I didn't get that same vibe of like, you know, creep just trying to, you know, get his, get attention. And yeah lied into the DMs and the pot boy. Yeah. yeah and we chatted and then again, only chatted again, like three weeks, another three weeks after that. And then it was kind of moved from Facebook to WhatsApp. And then, you know, we just started chatting every day and it was nice because he, um, I felt like I could relate, we could relate to obviously cause we've both been through a divorce and his was um, sooner than mine had, you know, ended two years before mine. So he also helped me, you know, kind of just work through things. Mm. Uh, And it was just nice to have someone to talk to and without feeling obliged in the sense of like, you know, I have to give this person attention romantically because we were, we really just joked about the most random things and sent each other the funniest memes. And we would just tag each other and funny stuff on Facebook. And, and it was just like, we started FaceTiming and then, um, I think I woke up one morning and I was just like, you know what? I'm actually crazy about this guy. And we, you know, we spoke about, I'll come visit him in December. And it was, you know, just as like, I've never had a white Christmas and we can meet. And I've always wanted to live in America. I'd been there eight to nine times before that. So he's like, you know, he was a, a I think it was double A. I think double A. That, is that right?
0: He was. A, oh a, yeah. The pro was, ball player he
1: got. Yeah. He ball player. So, um, he, uh, he's like, he's got so many contacts, you know, so many people in the, you know, sports world. and So I was like, great, I'll come visit you in December. <laughs> I think it was like mid-August. And I just thought, I woke up the one day and I, obviously South Africa's time zone is ahead. And I thought, I am actually besotted with this man. And he's mm-hmm. just such an anomaly in my life because we've been speaking for three months or whatever. And he has never crossed the line. He's never made me feel like, ugh, you know, that was very tacky or creepy. He mm-hmm. would tell me often that I was beautiful, but never said I was like sexy or hot. He, you know, he was just such a gentleman about it. And then, um, yeah, so then I went and I sold my ring. <laughs> I took everything out of storage that I had stored and I got my brother to help me and I sold everything that I owned, And I booked a flight with that money for four weeks later. And I left him a message and I said, right, when you're awake, have a cup of coffee and we can face someone. I to speak to you. And obviously he woke up to this message and he was like, what's wrong? So then I just said to him, just get yourself together so we can chat. Um, and uh, yeah, so I said to him, you know, you know, at this and this airport, on this and this day at this time, you need to come fetch me. And it was like four, four weeks later. And yeah, so I said, I'm coming for six weeks. I had a six week flexible return. Um, quit my job that I was working at at the gym because it was just a very toxic environment. And I just said, you know, it's the month with my mom. And I actually packed two big suitcases and I just said to my mom, you know, I might not come back. <laughs> I kind of sorted through all of my stuff and I just said to her, you know, I might not come back. And then, um, yeah. So then I said to him, we've got six weeks to get to know each other and see if this is compatible, if this is going to work. If not, you know, I'll come back home. Nice to know you. So it was kind of like, let's just see. And then I ended up staying for five months. I just didn't get back on a flight. (laughs) And then, then, you know, we started with the backwards and forwards traveling and, you know, all the paperwork and and things like that. And that was 2017. So actually, last week, Friday, was exactly two years to the day that I landed in America to meet him. So... (laughs) Okay, yeah. and, but
0: the story that I like is you go to his family's house and he's getting the nieces and the nephews, like the South, she was explaining this. She goes, you know, where you guys are from, y'all, y'all go eat together on a Sunday. And y'all got like the aunts there, the uncles there. It's like a holiday. And so a little boy, his nephew or something was playing in a tree, right?
1: <laughs> so this was called Thanksgiving, right? And Thanksgiving followed my okay. birthday. So yeah. we drove, at that stage we were in South Dakota. So we drove down South Dakota, down to Phoenix City. And he was just, he, he was kind of very vague about it. He was like, his going to be there. And I was like, oh, okay, not bad. So everyone arrives and there's like aunts and uncles and cousins and sisters and nephews. And I was just like, ha, 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 everyone is here. <laughs> you know, like everyone. And then I think it's his, um, I think it's his aunt or his cousin's child. Okay. Yeah. A like kid. Sure. Yeah. But he, little Shane, he was the sweetest thing. So he was hanging outside in one of the trees and there were were kittens and the kittens were under the tree. So I'm an animal lover and I kind of ran. He's like, I'm just so scared this child falls out of this tree and squashes this kitten. I'm worried about the kitten than the child falling out the tree. (laughs) But so I grabbed the kitten and this kid is kind of like hanging upside down on this tree looking at me and obviously he doesn't recognize me because I'm not Bo's ex-wife. So he kind of gives me this eyebrow and he goes, I ain't never seen you before (laughs) I'm trying to so obviously I've got this accent so I'm trying to just you know speak slowly so this child does understand me and he goes and I said to him no but that's I'm not from here that's why so he goes where are you from so I said I am from South Africa and he kind of like looks around and he goes is that in Alabama (laughs) oh my
0: god just the fact that I like you go to a small town cause I'm from a small town and you just drive a different truck. That's not what they're used to seeing. And they just look at you and they look. So I'm just picturing Ashley in this environment and him and him going, uh, I ain't never seen you before. Who are you? I just like, <laughs> <laughs> <are you> <laughs> well, what are you doing? Where are you from? Were you that from Alabama? I love it. That's the best story ever. Winner. Okay. Wait, well, hey, I went over time. I appreciate it. Look, um, Ashley works with, she told me yesterday, any, uh, young girls anywhere from like 20 all the way up to like 45, 50, right? Mm-hmm. You've got a challenge. Is it open? Is it closed
1: right now? The Current challenge is closed, but the next one is uh, open on the 18th of November, which is a Monday. That's when the challenge starts. So the signups will open before that, but that's um, just like a four week shakeup. Um, that's just to kind of, you know, like I said, in our email, you just kind of get yourself like you're going to sweat your butt off, but That's it's right. kind of pick yourself up before holiday season and Christmas. So, you know, kind of just in the year on a high notes and, and, you know, it's never too late to start. I know most people say well, they wait for the first of the year or whatever, or a Monday or whatever. Don't. The so 8th of November is a Monday. So we're starting on a Monday. <laughs> yeah.
0: But get in before Monday and um, I'll leave your email right now. That's how you can get in. Um, and, and one way for the social media thing in my book, in my opinion, is collaborating like this, other professionals, we can even be in the same market because your client's not going to be my client. That's one of the ways I know that we can build our following and build a better, stronger community is each other. So that's kind of why why we wanted to do this. And then maybe we can catch up in six months and say, all right, here's what we've learned on Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Cool, thank you so much. I know you got work to do. I'll talk to you soon and I appreciate everything. Tons of nuggets here. Thank you so
1: much. I appreciate it. All I gotta do is go. go. Get, get, stay up by my bemo. Uh-huh. Fall till I fall. Say what? Lost until I finish. I take off. Yeah, keep keep. Stay up by my bemo. I live in Canada. Keep respecting me. Yes.